your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 520 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today we got a lot to get into. It's the... uh, Rare two-for-one special on Locked On New York Rangers. Here we got two games to talk about. Uh, first was Friday night's 6-3 loss in rally against the Carolina Hurricanes, followed by a 7-3 home victory against the Arizona Coyotes on Saturday. So we're getting to all that. Uh, I think we'll probably spend a little bit more time on the Coyotes game. I mean, the Rangers won that game, and also it's kind of hot off the presses, so to speak. It's kind of fresh in everybody's heads, so we'll spend the majority of our time today on that game. But we'll start with the first of those two games, and of course, that was the 6-3 to loss on the road against the Carolina Hurricanes. couple of thoughts here. For starters, uh, the Rangers, in really all of their last three games for sure, have gotten off to really rough starts. And you don't want to see this become a bad habit. You don't want to see this start to creep in. And I think, really, we're exactly halfway through the season now, if I'm not mistaken. I believe uh, the game against the Coyotes is game number 41. But if there's a period this season, you know, cumulatively, if you look at all 41 games that the Rangers, it's been the weakest period for the Rangers. I would say it's probably the first period, and that has absolutely been the case recently. I I don't think it's like at the point that, you know, we have to be completely panicked about it or or see it as like this tremendous liability for the Rangers because, I mean, let's face it, they've had a great season. They've had some uh, exceptionally hot starts to some games as well. But over this past three-game stretch here, and, you know, granted, they're playing three games in just four days, but they did have a a decent break before that. But, yeah, you know, they end up beating the Leafs 6-3, to but they got off to a miserable start in that game. Uh, You know, you're down two to nothing before he can blink. You take two bad penalties, non-defensive zone penalties in the first four minutes. So it really wasn't looking good there. Obviously, they came back. That's the good news. And despite a rough start in all three of these games, they've won two of them. Then against Carolina, I mean, it really just wasn't a good game in general. They had little spurts here and there where it looked like they were going to get back into it. Uh, Almost made a game of it in the third period, despite being down by four goals going into the third period. Uh, But yeah, not a good start in that game either. And then obviously, uh, the Coyotes game, really the entire first half of the game, the Rangers just didn't play well. You know, I I thought they were skating okay for a team playing on the second half of a back-to-back. They seemed to have some decent jump, but they just weren't defending. You know, there was too much reaching for the puck. There was too much, uh, you know, just kind of hope plays, and I don't think that they defended as well as they're capable of. They weren't playing physical and just yielding way too many opportunities for the Coyotes, and it's just one of those reminders that it doesn't matter who you're playing. You've got to bring it in this league. The Coyotes, you know, obviously they're having a pretty miserable season over there, but they have played a little bit better recently, and, you know, just by cracking the door open for them a little bit and being a little bit lethargic the first half of the game, the next thing you know, you're down 3-1 to one to the worst team in the Western Conference, if not the entire league. So uh, hopefully it's a lesson learned for these Rangers over these last three games. Like I said, it's fantastic that they've rallied in in really all three of the games. In all three of these games, they didn't give up. They came back. They at least made a game of it. Um, And in 
two of those three cases actually won the game. So it's fantastic that they're coming back, but let's start starting these games a little bit better. And they're going to have an opportunity to do that in their next game on Monday at home against the Los Angeles Kings. They'll look to pay back the Kings for a three to one road loss uh, nearly two weeks ago. Um, but the other big thing I want to talk about, and this had a lot of people talking uh, before the game against the Carolina Hurricanes, and you know we did a crossover edition with Jared Ellis of Locked On Canes, and we were all excited. You know we we know this is a big time matchup. These two teams have been on top of the Metro Division for a vast majority of the season. It's a battle for first place, and we think that we're going to get a matchup between Igor Shesterkin and Freddie Anderson in a clash of two bonafide Vesna candidates, and we didn't get that. Instead, we got Alex Georgiev against Freddie Anderson. Now, this is not what I would have done. Um, I would have definitely had Igor Shesterkin out there, put your best foot forward against your division rival and a team that is also going to be playing a fantastic goalie. I didn't hate it as much as some other uh, Ranger fans seem to for a couple of reasons. For starters, you got to remember, Alex Georgiev has played very, very well recently, and it's been a while since he's gotten to take the ice and, you know, play a game for the Rangers with Igor Shesterkin being back into the mix. So maybe the idea here is let's get Alex Georgiev back out there as soon as possible. Let's not have him wait around for an extra day. It is just one day. Uh, I think the bigger thing here, though, to me, a big part about being a coach uh, and something that makes a really good coach, whether it's hockey or really any sport, you need to show your players that you believe in them. And I genuinely think, you know, Gerard Gallot has, has talked up both of his goalies the entire season. We've got two uh, great goalies. We can throw any of them out, either of them out there on any given night. Um, and I think that's genuine. I think he really does like Georgiev. And I think, you know, with Georgiev having played a lot better recently and, you know, stepped in for Igor Shosturkin on, on a number of occasions and, uh, you know, been a big reason why the Rangers have won some games, the idea here is, you know what, let's give this kid a, a primetime matchup here. Let's have him go out there against the Canes, and let's show him, we believe in you, man. You can go out there, and you can go toe-to-toe with the Canes. Now, obviously, it didn't work out. Georgiev ends up giving up six goals. Uh, it wasn't all on him. He didn't always have help in this game. And on top of that, the Canes are just a very good team. But even though, once again, I would have gone with Igor Shosturkin if it was up to me, I can't kill the decision to go with Alex Georgiev here. Certainly not like on opening night, because on opening night, if you guys remember, the Rangers started Igor, uh, no, they started Alex Georgiev, and I was just completely mystified. Could not understand for the life of me uh, why they would do that, why they thought that that was the strategy to go with. But in this case, it's two games. They're probably both going to play one. There's no reason not to have them both play one. They've both played very well recently. Gallant doesn't seem to like playing uh, the same goalie in both games of a back-to-back. -back. In fact, I don't think the Rangers have done it all season. And so, uh, yeah, you know, they gave it a shot. They went with Georgiev. Didn't work out. Canes are a great team. They beat the Rangers. I don't think it's a horrifying loss or anything that gives you any major league cause for concern. I mean, the Rangers did get pushed around a little bit in that game. And, you know, it just wasn't a great night for them. But the Canes are a great team. Sometimes you just lose. You're not going 82-0. It's just that simple. Um, and the other reason why I think you can make a case for going with Georgie against the Canes and then Igor against the Coyotes, the Coyotes, as we know, are not a very good hockey team. And, you know, you roll the dice with Alex Georgiev a little bit against the Canes. You try to, uh, you know, beat the Canes with your backup goalie against their Vezna candidate. If that doesn't work out, well, now you still have Igor Shesterkin in a home matchup against, once again, one of the worst teams in hockey. It looks like a complete mismatch on paper. And if you're just a general fan of hockey and you're looking around the league and, okay, you know, what happened tonight? Oh, the Rangers beat the Coyotes 7-3. They probably just crushed them. Uh, any of us Ranger fans who watch that game, we know that's not how it went because, like I said, you know, the Rangers were not good in the first half of this game. 
They were down three to one. They come storming back and win seven to three. But you've got Igor Shesterkin kind of in your back pocket there, uh, a Vezda candidate against one of the worst teams in hockey and one of the lowest scoring teams in hockey. So even if it doesn't work out with Georgie against the Canes, you've got Igor at home against the Coyotes, and uh, you should be able to win that game. And Rangers made it interesting. It wasn't always pretty, but they indeed won that game, got themselves two points, and uh, now we'll look forward to playing the Kings on Monday. So we're going to keep talking about this in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bilt Bar. It is the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Bilt Bar in your plan. Bilt Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Bilt Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new, limited-time flavors, so check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, just wanted to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, a couple other quick thoughts on the uh, game against the Canes before we shift our attention to Saturday's game against the Coyotes. Uh, for starters, I mean, I have to mention the very simple fact that uh, the Canes are basically the new lightning in terms of how many former Rangers they have on their team, six to be exact, and uh, five of them played in this game. Antti Ranta obviously did not play, but uh, naturally, you know, you get a bunch of former Rangers back in, uh, well, no, this game was in Carolina, but you get the idea. They're still playing the Rangers, and the Rangers were hurt by a lot of their former players, none more so than Tony D'Angelo. He ends up with a goal and two assists. He also assisted on a goal by Jesper Foss. And it's funny because with Foss, you know, if you if you think he's going to score against the Rangers, you probably figure it's going to be one of those dirty blue-collar stuffing kind of goals. He unleashed just a blistering slap shot from the blue line and uh, just beat Georgiev clean. And that was pretty much it. I mean, it's not the kind of goal that you're really expecting Jesper Foss to score, but uh, good for him. That's his ninth goal of the season. Jesper Foss uh, playing pretty well for the Canes, or so it would seem. And uh, as far as just some other quick notes from this game against the Canes here, you know, I thought it's just one of those games where the rink was tilted the entire night. The Rangers were having a heck of a time getting the puck out of their own zone. And part of that is a credit to the Canes. I mean, this is just what they do. They, they pressure the puck so heavily. Uh, they just give you no room to breathe. You have to fight for every single inch of the ice when you're playing this team. But it seemed like the Rangers, on a lot of shifts, especially early in this game, they had to expand just every ounce of their energy just getting a very, very simple clear. You know, there'd be board battles and the Rangers are working their tails off and trying to get it out. But by the time you finally get the puck out of your own zone, you know, all, all your guys on the ice are gas. You dump the puck, you go off for a change, and then the Canes bring it right back in. And that's just kind of how this game was going. Uh, the Rangers just playing back on their heels for a pretty big chunk of the night, really. 
And another pretty eye-opening stat from this game, and one that will tell you pretty much how it went. I mean, I realize shots on goal is not everything. It can be a something of a flawed stat, I suppose. But when you're getting outshot 19-4 to uh, about five minutes into the second period, I think that pretty much tells you everything you need to know. And that was indeed uh, what the situation was here against the Canes. The other big thing that happened in this game is... I believe it was in the second period. The Rangers made a pretty notable lineup change. They moved Capo Caco from the first line down to the fourth line, and they put Ryan Reeves on the first line. Now, after the game, Gerard Gallant downplayed this. He didn't say it was, you know, Caco being punished or anything like that. Um, he said that basically, and I'm paraphrasing here. I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but he basically said that he just wanted, uh, you know, a big-bodied guy on the first line given the way this game was going, and I have no issues with that either. I mean, Ryan Reeves, you know, at first glance, it is a little bit of an odd choice to put him on the first line. You're not expecting offensive fireworks out of him. Be that as it may, Ryan Reeves has played very, very well for this team recently. So again, I like the idea that players, when they play well, get rewarded. It, it's not a revolutionary concept, but it's one that different teams in different sports do not always follow, but the Rangers do follow that. So that was cool to see. Uh, the Rangers, you know, obviously, uh, Get, putting Reeves up there and trying to get that line going a little bit. And they end up scoring a couple of goals uh, in the third period. Uh, Kako down to the fourth line, and he was playing with Rooney and McKeg for a while. But, you know, we are kind of back to this concept, this idea, really, that the Rangers need to get more out of Capo Caco, they need to get more out of Alexi Lafreniere, they need to get more out of Filipino. You could maybe even throw Julian Gauthier in there as well. I mean, they're all former first-round picks, and as I've mentioned on this podcast, I go back to this every now and then, and I apologize if it's a little bit repetitive, but it's a an ongoing storyline with this team, and it's a it's going to have a lot to do with how far the Rangers can go once they get into the playoffs. The Rangers need to get more out of these former first-round draft picks. They thus far this season, have had an excellent season despite guys like Lafreniere and Kako and Hedl and I guess even Gauthier not giving you as much as you would hope to get out of these players. And I'm not going to discount them and, and say, oh, they're terrible, they're this and they're that. Listen, hockey, more than any other sport, you need to have contributions up and down your lineup. And they've all had their moments. You know, they've gotten their goals here and there. They've gotten a couple of assists here and there. Uh, you know, some of them, I, I think Lafreniere for sure is a little bit of an underrated defensive player. But I think it's also fair game to say this is year three for Capo Caco. I think most of us thought he'd be a little bit further along than he is right now. Year two for Alexi Lafreniere, same thing. Year five, kind of, for Philip Hedl. I thought I think that, you know, probably a lot of us thought he'd be further along. And Gautier, you know, he's always going to be a little of a pet project coming over from the Canes, but he's a former first-round pick too. And I think the difference between the Rangers being a really good team and maybe being a bona fide Stanley Cup contender as soon as this, late, as soon as this season is... One or two, or can you imagine all of these guys really seeing a significant improvement between now and the time that the playoffs start? And we'll see if they can do it. They got half the season left to figure it out. And again, I don't want to just completely discredit them and make it sound like, oh, they're terrible players, because that's not the case at all. They've all had their moments. Uh, you know, they've, they've all chipped in here and there. But I think when the Rangers really, truly become dangerous is when those guys really get to that next level. And we keep our fingers crossed, and we hope that it happens sooner rather than later. If it's not going to happen, maybe the Rangers become a little bit more aggressive at the trade deadline, and they bring in some significant pieces to uh, you know help this team get to where it needs to go. The Rangers could do that anyway. I mean, listen, they, these players could continue to improve, and the Rangers could still add you know a JT Miller, a Phil Kessel, 
a Riley Smith. You know, there's some options out there. There's a lot of different ways that they could go. Uh, Claude Giroux, if you really want an off-the-wall suggestion. But yeah, I'm still looking at these young players and, and hoping that they have a little bit more to give than what they're giving right now. I think that's at least fair to say at this point. And uh, like I said, we're going to turn our attention to the game against the Carolina Hurricanes in just a second here. But first, I just wanted to let everyone know Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, and just want to thank everybody for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so we'll keep it moving right along to this Rangers versus Coyotes game. Uh, the only thing I wanted to mention here before we, uh, you know, break down the action and all that good stuff is, um, you know, I thought the Rangers did a really nice job before the game. Uh, they had a moment of silence for New York City officer Jason Rivera. Uh, I think a lot of people have probably heard about this by now. Jason Rivera, just 22 years old, was a rookie NYPD officer, and he was shot and killed during what was, I, I think, believed to be, I mean, there, there's still, you know, details coming out about it, but I think it was believed to be a fairly routine call, and he was shot and killed. And uh, not only that, but uh, his partner that was there with him, uh, Officer Wilbert Mora, remains in critical condition. Uh, they were both shot and uh, obviously just a tragic, senseless thing, but I thought it was a great job by the Rangers. Uh, they showed Rivera's picture on the uh, you know the big screen before the game, and they held a moment of silence, and I just thought it was a nice thing for them to do. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, our thoughts go out to anybody who's been affected by that. Just a terrible tragedy. And, um, you know, obviously fingers crossed that Officer Wilbert Mora, who was there with him, can pull through. Uh, as of this recording, he remains in critical condition at Harlem Hospital. Um, but as far as the game itself uh, between the Rangers and the Coyotes, again, it, it was a really rough beginning to this game uh, for the Rangers. But I should actually back up just a second here because we had some late-breaking news right before the puck dropped, that being that the Rangers would be without Capo Caco. He sat this one out with an upper body injury. He was actually out there, I believe, during warm-ups is what they said, and uh, just decided that, you know what, it's not a good idea to put him out there for this game. And so Julian Gauthier, who had been a healthy scratch recently, uh, got back into the lineup got to play on the third line for the majority of the night, along with, uh, let's see, Philip Hedl and Alexi Lafreniere. So that old third line is kind of back intact for the Rangers there. And Gautier ended up scoring a goal in this game. So that was nice to see a little stuff-in goal, kind of a dirty goal for the Rangers. He also drew a penalty uh, fairly late in this game. And I thought, you know, it was the best game we've seen Julian Gautier play in a long time. So, uh, you know, maybe he's fresh. Maybe he... Uh, just wants to make it hard for the Rangers to take him back out of the lineup. Although the way things have gone recently, I get the feeling that, you know, if Capo Caco is able to go in the Rangers' next game against the Kings on Monday, that would probably mean that Gautier is going to be the odd man out. I just, you know, I mean, Greg McKay, I suppose, is an option. You could pull him out of the lineup, but I think the Rangers really like what they're getting from their fourth line, and I think overall he's played uh, fairly well. So I get the feeling, once again, if, if Caco's ready to go and the Rangers are at full strength, uh, you're probably going to see Gautier being the odd man out of the lineup. But I can't go a second longer. 
talking about this game without mentioning the very simple fact that Chris Kreider now leads the NHL in goals. He is up to 29 goals on the season after posting a hat trick against the Coyotes. Uh, just a huge night for him. We almost had dueling hat tricks for the Rangers because Jacob Truba ended up with two goals, and he also early in the game, fairly early in the game, put a shot off the post. And so, uh, you know, if that was a couple inches to the left, uh, you're looking at Kreider and Truba both having hat tricks for the New York Rangers. And as far as the line combinations, you got Barclay Goodrow back up there with Panarin and Strom. They had this line together for a little while. They broke them up for a little while. Goodrow was out of the lineup. Um, I'm fine with it. I, I don't know. I feel like I'd rather have uh, somebody else on that second line there. I just think of Barclay Goodrow as like a rock-solid bottom six guy. Although, again, we, we've talked about how there's kind of a revolving door at that second line right wing spot. And uh, Goodrow was playing well there when that line was together. Uh, then you've also got... Uh, Dryden Hunt moving up to the top line to play alongside Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider. So you can see how, I, you know, I don't even want to say that the Rangers are thin at right wing. They're thin in terms of guys who can score, you know, big time scoring threats. And, uh, you know, that is a, especially apparent with Capo Caco out of the lineup. And I think that remains, it's got to be the, the Rangers' number one priority uh, come trade deadline season. But, uh, you know, I figure we might as well go over a couple of, the, couple of these goals. There were seven of them. And, uh, you know, Kreider... Pretty much the entire night, he just does what he's done all season. He's just a monster in front of the net. If there's a better net front presence in this entire league right now, I would love to know who it is because Kreider's been phenomenal. Uh, just stuffing in the puck, deflections. Uh, we saw the whole deal here in this game, and he actually got his second shorthanded goal of his career. That was uh, a little bit past the midway point of the second period there. The Rangers were buzzing uh, Zibanejad to Truba to Kreider. And it's funny because Truba tried to pass to Kreider. The defenseman... Uh, got his stick on it, but the puck went right back to Truba on this play, and he went ahead and made the pass that he was initially trying to make, got it over to Kreider on the other side of the net, and Kreider stuffs it home. And then Julian Gauthier ends up uh, tying the game with his third goal of the season. He's out there. Might have been a partial line change. He was out there with Rooney and Hunt, although maybe not because the Rangers did juggle their lines a little bit, and they, at one point in this game, I think it was when they were down 3-1, to one, decided to do what a lot of you have been clamoring for them to do, and that is basically super stack the top line. And they moved Artemi Panarin up to the top line with Mika Zibanejad and with Chris Kreider, and it obviously paid dividends because that line ended up uh, you know, scoring goals at a heck of a clip as this game wound down here. But uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I, I think it was a good time to do it in this game because the Rangers were scuffling. It was not going their way. Uh, just back on their heels for too much of this game against an inferior opponent. And they needed goals. And they super stacked the top line, said, go out there, make it happen. Panarin, Zibanejad, and Kreider. And they indeed went out and made it happen. Uh, I still like spreading the wealth a little bit. If you go overboard with your top line, then, you know, there's just less depth. And I think right now the Rangers, if there's a weakness on this team, it's probably scoring depth. You know, they don't get a ton of goals from their bottom six forwards. And I think you just want to spread out the scoring as much as you possibly can. And you certainly want to big-time lines, you know, and I think the best way to do that is to have Mika and, uh, and Panarin on separate lines. But I also definitely wanted to talk about the game-tying goal that came courtesy of Julian Gauthier uh, getting late in the second period. And this whole thing started from just an unbelievable pass from Igor Shesterkin. You heard that right? Uh, Igor, gotta be, I mean, on top of just being one of the best goalies in the league, period, gotta be one of the best puck-handling goalies as well. I mean, I don't even get nervous. I, like, if there was a different goalie, I would probably get nervous on this play because Igor 
had the puck. You know, he went out from his crease to go get it, and he's moving up into the face-off circle, and there's a Coyote not too far away from him, but he kind of just moves around him and then sends a heck of a pass up the ice, across the ice, to Julian Gauthier. Gauthier has it. Uh, Rooney ends up with the puck. Rooney basically just throws the puck at the net. You got to do that sometimes. Rooney shoots from the top of the right face-off circle. The save is made, but Dryden Hunt crashes the net. He's trying to get the puck loose, and... Uh, Somehow works the puck over to Gautier. Gautier taps it in from the doorstep. But all this started from an excellent pass by Igor Shesterkin. And great to see, you know, hardworking players like Kevin Rooney and like uh, Dryden Hunt get on the score sheet as well here. And great to see Julian Gautier. We went from him being a healthy scratch to, you know, get out there and, and play some hockey. And he ends up scoring a goal here, ties the game for the Rangers. And uh, they were well on their way to winning this game after that. And I figure, you know, we're not going to go through all seven goals, but we might as well go through uh, the game winner as well. That was scored courtesy of Artemi Panarin. And I also want to talk about uh, what happened leading up to this goal by Panarin. And, you know, the score is tied at three. And, you know, play is going on. You don't really think anything too out of the ordinary is happening away from the puck. Uh, the cameras didn't show this live. But all of a sudden, you see a player on the Coyotes standing over Adam Fox. And Fox is down on the ice on all fours. And this player is just standing over him. And then suddenly he cross-checks him in the back, a completely defenseless Adam Fox. And first of all, you're wondering, how did this even happen? How did it get to that point where, you know, what happened to have Adam Fox down on the ice here? And I will say this. Uh, if you watch this replay again and you see Larson cross-check Fox, Ryan Lindgren was going over there to absolutely assault Larson. You could tell just by the look on Lindgren's face, uh, he was enraged and a coyote saved Larson from just getting absolutely creamed by Lindgren because there was a coyote that saw that Lindgren was going to go after Larson and go after him hard. And he kind of grabbed Lindgren and prevented it from happening. I mean, Lindgren still got there, but uh, the player kind of tied him up a little bit. But, you know, big skirmish. I think pretty much every Ranger player on the ice had something to say to Larson. Just a cheap, dirty play. And then it was even worse when you saw the replay. Because, as I mentioned, you didn't even know why Fox was on the ice. Because the camera didn't show it live. But you see the replay. Fox hit him clean. You know, big, big hit in the corner. Uh, they're kind of, you know, pushing and shoving a little bit. And then Larson just punches Fox in the back of the head. And so then another few seconds go by. And then he decides to cross-check him in the back as well. And that is when the skirmish happened, and that's also when Larson was assist a penalty. And listen, you always want to see your team score on the power play. You always want to make a team pay for taking a penalty, especially if it's, you know, a dumb penalty or an unnecessary penalty, but this takes the cake. When you see somebody pull some garbage like this, this is when, and it's keep in mind, it's a tie game here as well. It's 3-3 three to three at this point. You really want to see the Rangers make the Coyotes, and specifically Larson, pay for just some garbage nonsense like that. And that's, of course, what they do. Uh, you get Mika Zibanejad passing back to Adam Fox. Fox to Artemi Panarin. And Panarin shoots and scores on the power play. Gives the Rangers a 4-3 lead, a lead they would not relinquish. In fact, Chris Kreider scored just over two minutes after this. So it was 5-3 going into the third period. And the Rangers just poured it on down the stretch. You get another one from Truba. You get another one from Kreider. And the Rangers cruise to a 7-3 win. So obviously great to see the Rangers, uh, you know, really making the Coyotes play for, again, just a cheap, dirty play uh, by Larson there. Absolutely fantastic. And, you know, a game that you just don't want to lose. I mean, let's be honest. I, I know that the Coyotes have played a little bit better recently. I'm actually going to be doing a uh, guest spot on Locked On NHL. I didn't want to have to go on there and talk about a two-game losing streak for the Rangers. And, geez, why couldn't the Rangers beat the Coyotes? So, uh they, uh, they, they spared me having to do that, but just in general, you know, I think something that the Rangers have done very, very well this season, they have handled their business against inferior opponents. We are halfway through the season right now, and I would argue that the Rangers 
have only lost to one bad team in the NHL, that being the Vancouver Canucks. The Canucks were not playing well uh, when the Rangers blew a 2 to nothing lead against them. I mean, I guess you know it's crazy. The, the Oilers just keep dropping and dropping in the standings. They lost to them once earlier in the season, but I don't think too many people would have said the Oilers were a bad team coming into the year. And on top of that, you know, the, the Oilers were playing well at the time. They're just in a tailspin recently. So, yeah, I think that stat still stands. We are exactly halfway through the season, and the Rangers have only lost to one bad team, and that streak continues uh, thanks to them rallying here against the Arizona Coyotes. The other bit of news coming out of this game is that Philip Hedl had to leave early. In fact, he played just four minutes and eight seconds of this game, and he had to exit with a lower body injury, did not return. The good news there is he is considered day-to-day, and Capo Caco also considered day-to-day. So hopefully those guys can get back into the lineup uh, sooner rather than later. I, I would imagine if either one of them misses the next game, you'll probably see uh, Julian Gauthier get to continue playing. Uh, hopefully that will be the case. Uh, he did get a goal in this game, so uh, we'll see how the Rangers look to line up against the Kings. The other bit of news, if I'm reading this correctly, I- I've gotten some emails you know, regarding... Uh, Henrik Lundqvist night, you know, anything regarding the New York Rangers, I have emails being sent to me. And if I'm reading it correctly, it sounds like uh, Dan Girardi and Ryan Callahan are both going to be there and will both speak uh, at Henrik Lundqvist night. So that will be great to see as well. But that will pretty much do it for today, guys. As I mentioned just a minute ago, going to be recording, doing a guest spot on Locked On NHL with Gil Martin. He's, of course, the host of Locked On New York Islanders. Always good talking with Gil and definitely looking forward to talking about the Rangers. So definitely do not miss the next episode of Locked On NHL. I believe it'll come out on Monday, but uh, I'll talk to Gil about that and let you guys know for sure. Uh, Definitely follow along on Twitter, and I'll tweet out that episode whenever it drops. But if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. In our next episode, we're going to be talking about whatever happens between the Rangers and the Kings on Monday night. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available on all platforms.